don't be discouraged because you are going to have down days. You know, you are going to have challenges. But what I'm finding as an entrepreneur is all of those challenges, cumulative, are preparing me for these greater moments that are coming. And that's where the important part is of having your tribe around you. Hi, I'm Adrian M. White, and with over a decade of entrepreneurship experience and launching four successful businesses, I know what it takes to grow your business online and live a more purpose-filled life doing the work that you most enjoy. Branding Invert is your go-to resource for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice for service-based business owners looking to scale their business to six figures a year. This is the Brand and Convert with Adrian M. White podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brand and Convert with Adrian M. White podcast. I'm here today for another weekly entrepreneur spotlight. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing on Hope Brown. Hope Brown is an entrepreneur, expert, and speaker on a mission to help business owners become productive and succeed beyond their wildest dreams. She's also a tax strategist, certified bookkeeper, and successful business owner in her own right. Hope established the Tax-Minded Bookkeeper LLC in 2019 after consistently meeting business clients during the tax season who didn't understand their company's finances or tax-related responsibilities. Growing up in a family of entrepreneurs who struggled with similar challenges, she was determined to address the knowledge gaps by finding ways to mentor with passion, purpose-driven entrepreneurs, and business owners on the path of realizing the power of knowing their numbers. Today, Hope's work as a tax strategist, bookkeeper, and speaker encourages excellence in the business world. Using her ability to explain complex concepts in easy-to-understand language, she's coached multiple entrepreneurs to six figures, teaching them to change their mindset about finances. With entrepreneurship rapidly growing in the U.S., she continues to be dedicated to creating an impact through her work by supporting business owners on ways to have a healthier relationship with their finances and understanding record-keeping strategies that will reveal opportunities for success. Welcome, Hope. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. Thank you. No problem. No problem. So you have a jam-packed bio, which I just read. Tell us about your story. How did you get started as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur? Yeah. So my entrepreneur story, well, there's a present, but there's a past. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So it's kind of been in my blood since I was like six. Like I would always create opportunities as a small child, a you know, identify like, okay, where was the need? Okay. Develop some kind of solution to that so I could get paid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I definitely relate. (laughs) Yeah. So I learned that from like a young age and that's Mm -hmm. followed me pretty much into adulthood and it's just got to serve me well. If we're just looking around and we notice people have problems coming up with solutions to solve those problems is kind of like a basic fundamental step of entrepreneurship. 
Awesome. So you started at a very young age and I love that. That's very similar to me. Like I was like selling like little arts and crafts projects, like in elementary school, which was like the start of my entrepreneurship. So that's really awesome. So you were doing all that different things, you know, growing up and then, okay, so now you're an adult. How did you launch your first business? And and is your current business your first business? So no, this is actually my third business. So I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm what you would call probably a serial entrepreneur, um, because there are just always, you know, there's so many possibilities. You know, of course, you have to look at the ones that make sense to you. But launching my first business, so coming again from a family of entrepreneurs, my father was into real estate investment at a younger age, so I kind of witnessed that. So for me as an adult, that was my first kind of venture into entrepreneurship was buying um, investment properties and holding on to those as a landlord. And some of those properties I even still have to this day. But I think at the time, like at my peak, I think I probably had about 15 properties that I owned and was basically renting out to tenants. So, yeah. But, you know, I think a big part of entrepreneurship is being able to identify your talents and your gifts. So one of my gifts has always been, and I don't mean this in a conceited way, but I think all of us have these God-given gifts, but organization is a big thing for me. It comes easily. So even though that sounded like a lot in my head, it was just, you know, you just organize everything and run it. So mm-hmm. that being able to maximize those, those um, you know, that gift has really allowed me to manage that business and even the current business that I'm in. Nice. So you're, you're doing both um, currently. Yeah. Yes, I am. I am. That's awesome. For your for that first business that you started, did you have anybody like on your team or anybody that was helping you with it? Definitely owning properties. I mean, so that that's another big key of success being a successful entrepreneur. Like you don't have to go it alone. So I definitely so from a management perspective, I pretty much was doing that on my own. But to help me maintain those properties and be able to manage the account activities and things. I had a team of two people. So I had a maintenance person who just kind of worked for me and basically was in charge of the toilets running. Okay. You know, send the guy out or whatever, you know, and then I had someone who was really good at the time. I guess we would call that person a virtual assistant now, but Mm -hmm. that person was helping me be able to manage the accounts making sure that the rents were coming in, taking calls from the tenants, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. you got to surround yourself with the right people, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. How did you find um, that team? Because I've been getting a lot of questions recently on like how to build a team, how to start mm-hmm. with, you know, finding people to help. Yeah, I'm a referral to Cal. So like if I, you know, like if if I see somebody, if I mean, I ask around in my network. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first that I do. Um, so if I can't find the person in the network that I need to be able to work with, then I will go outside of the network and do things like Yelp, <laughs> you know, or other referral sources where I can get a review. But it's essential. I have to have some kind of frame of reference on what level of quality that person's service or team, you know, or business service is going to be, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. I love that you use the, you know, like a referral process and Yelp. Do you have any strategies for people that are entrepreneurs that are trying to build their team? Like how they, where do they start in that process? Yeah. Building your team. So I'm doing that now with my bookkeeping and tax business 
because I'm at the point of where I've expanded. I can't do all the work by myself anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm starting within my network. That has just worked for me in different business models or when I talk to other entrepreneurs to give them this advice. I started my own network to find people who have done successfully what I need like done. For example, if I need a project manager, I mean, I've done that type of work myself, you know, when I work for the federal government. So I can kind of reach out to those people or their expertise to see if either they themselves are available or if they have someone they would recommend with that expertise. And again, if that is not available, then now we have the luxury of having these networking groups on Facebook, um, you know, other professional networking groups. I will go out to those groups and say, hey, I need a junior bookkeeper. Know of anybody, (laughs) you know, and a lot of times I'll be able to get referrals using that source as well, too. Nice. Definitely lean on the people in the community around you who are doing what you do, you know, to share their experiences on how they're getting, you know, assistance successfully mm-hmm. has gone a long way for me using that strategy. Nice. I, I really like that. And when you said junior book- bookkeeper, it made me think about one of my friends who also mm-hmm. has a bookkeeping business and how she's like, I need help, but I don't know how to find the right person that's you know, going to be able to do um, what, you know, what she's looking for. So once you've done all of that and you've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of candidates, what's your mm-hmm. interview process like and how do you select the, you know, the right candidate? So normally, um, so you got to think about this. So even for my real estate investment business and, and definitely for my bookkeeping or tax preparation business, you are going to have someone, that person who's working for you, number one, they're going to represent you as a company. They're going to be, a, in probably some cases, maybe be the face of the company. So I think that you want to do your due diligence and vet that person directly just to get an idea of what their personality is like, you know, talk to them, just really ask them questions. I mean, I, I like different what if situations just to kind of see off the cuff what their responses are to those. But again, because in my case, especially the financial case, I'm dealing with people who are dealing with other people's financial information. I have to do like the background check, the criminal check, and all those kind of checks as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, just to vet people just to make sure that they are 100 on top of just even the normal reference checks that we do. Because yeah. you just don't want to introduce any type of element like that um, in in that business model, for sure. Yeah. Have you Have you ever had to, you know, fire or let go of someone before? Yeah, I have. Because, you know, it's not, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Normally, I will try to work with a person, unless it's just something just blatant. Okay, some things you just can't, you know, you deserted me, what, three weeks ago, (laughs) I can't reach you. It is, then you show back up. Okay, I I can't do that. Right. But if it is, maybe there are some things that just need to be worked on or remediated. Like we can work with that. But if it just gets to the point where we've tried everything and it's just not going to work out, I'm just going to have to have that conversation. I try to do that myself. I don't, you know, like I, I know that we're such a technology based, you know, like world at this point, but Mm -hmm. I, I would have a face-to-face conversation with the person and talk to them and, and let them know why, like what's happening. So if anything, hopefully they can take some experience away from this. If, if it was something on their end, of why, you know, it had to happen. Or maybe it's something on my end where my model of business is just changing and they are not a good fit anymore. 
you know, I try to give people something for closure and constructive that they can take forward with them. Are they, when you're hiring your team, are you hiring them as employees or contractors? Primarily now contractors. Yes. What do you feel like are the benefits um, of hiring them as a contractor versus a part-time or full-time employee? Benefit for you. (laughs) So having employees is a whole nother level of responsibility and compliance that I have to look at from a business owner perspective. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not saying that I won't eventually do that for some of my key positions, but for now, it's just offering me the flexibility. Like for example, um, with bookkeeping or tax preparation, we have peak seasons. So, you know, of course, between really now and like April 15th, we're going through different peak seasons of work and activity. But after April 15th, you know, like tax preparation diminishes significantly for me. Mm-hmm. So where I might need three people now, I won't need three people after April 15th. You know, I can handle pretty much that workload. But then so it allows me the flexibility to staff up and staff down when I need it for my business. And like I said, too, for compliance reasons, there are payroll compliance, you know, labor regulation compliance. There's a whole list of different things for compliance reasons that for some of these positions, I don't as a business owner, like I say, it's just easier for me to do the contracting and I'll be growing into that. But I don't have to grow into those things, those levels yet, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've talked about the first business that you started. Mm -hmm. So the business that you are doing now, the bookkeeping business, was that your second or third business you started? So this is my third business that I've started. Okay. How did you get into um, what you do now and tell us all about what you do? So coming back from my childhood, I, I mentioned that I came from a family of entrepreneurs. So my dad owned his own business in Washington, D.C. Um, the man, God bless his soul, he definitely was a, a mover and shaker. But one slight flaw that my dad had was money management growing up. <laughs> Love I mean, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, especially yeah. in the African-American community, it yeah. is, that's typically a struggle. Uh, go figure. But anyway, witnessing that as a, as a kid and growing up into knowing that I I wanted to be like my own business owner. That was just one area that I was not going to be like the weekend, like on purpose. Like if I need to go to school, if I need to get degrees, you know, whatever I need to do to know my numbers. Mm -hmm. So as part of that know my numbers journey, tax regulation, tax law was a big part of it for me, especially when I first became a landlord and just understanding better what I could write off for tax benefits and things like that. I really got kind of like, you know, like someone on the other table telling me all the stuff. I wanted to kind of know for my own, my own self. It just fascinated me. So I became a tax um, preparer. I worked for chains like H&R Block, Intuit, those type of things for about nine years. But during that time, I would always meet business owners who were never ready for tax services. Like all of their financials would be just like not organized. And unfortunately they would be, we would be sitting there and trying to do in two hours, a whole year's worth of bookkeeping. They would be missing out on tremendous opportunities for tax savings. So slowly but surely, a lot of those clients would ask me like, okay, so you know this stuff, like help us during the year, really organize our finances, our bookkeeping. And I started doing that for a few clients. And then let me tell you, after the pandemic time and 
like that increase in this country of entrepreneurs and small businesses um, that started, business just boomed. <laughs> and I officially opened the doors for um, my business, which is a tax-minded bookkeeper. I haven't looked back and things have been just going tremendous at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a bit about how I got from there to here and starting that's, working on the third business. That's awesome. So your tax minded bookkeeping business is a six figure business, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. It, so do you feel like there were anything? Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there were any specific marketing things that you did or even branding things that you did that led your business to grow to six figures? I think a big part of the shift that I saw, and I'm going to be honest with you. So I have my official business is Brown Business Solutions. Okay. LLC. Okay. But when I made that shift to do a DBA as the tax-minded bookkeeper under that business, it was like people used to ask me, okay, what do you do? What does your business do? Like people don't ask me that anymore. Like they know that bookkeeping is, you know, a primary part of my business. I kept the tax portion in it because I am looking at your bookkeeping during the year from a tax perspective or tax-minded perspective. And that was that was just it for me. So like I said, just helping my audience, my potential audience understand just by the name, what services I could add, what kind of value I could bring them was a game changer for me, like immediately. Just from um, the, from the name of the business. From the name change. <laughs> from the, so, you know, Brown Business Solutions, I mean, it was doing great, but the tax-minded bookkeeper. I'm sure you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to quickly pop in to let you know about how you can grow your service-based business to six figures a year today by learning how to better market it online. Join my exclusive membership community, Marketing Maintenance, for as little as $49 a month and learn how to develop and implement effective online marketing strategies that bring in more leads while also keeping your WordPress website protected and up to date. This program includes website updates, site maintenance, monthly marketing trainings, one-on-one -on -one marketing strategy meetings, and marketing deliverable creation. Join today at marketingandmaintenance.com. But the tax-minded bookkeeper, I started to see a big shift once that happened. So, you know, I don't know if that was a combination of people which is the next thing for marketing referrals. Business was growing and I was starting to get a lot of word of mouth referrals as well too, okay. um, which I think definitely helped it. But using social media, definitely um, IG, LinkedIn, Facebook, my, my Facebook group, all of those things definitely had a lot to do with business just slowly growing over the last two and a half years, for sure. Nice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your... Um your, you know, typical kind of marketing strategy that you're doing right now? I know you mentioned social media. So mm -hmm. what do you have a specific strategy for social media and email and any other yes. you know, marketing channels? Now, so for the most part, I have a mailing list that I'm, I'm using now. I'll be honest with you. Most of the people who I'm getting to sign up to that email list at this point are small business owners. So I'm doing marketing and mailing out to them. So just kind of basic stuff. Now, I have some, some goals in mind for 2023. I do want to start a podcast with tax and bookkeeping information, but then also bring in, because my business, my, my primary business during the year is entrepreneurs and small business owners. 
but I want to bring in more resources for them that I can end up, you know, helping them out during a year. Because that's another thing too. You're dealing with people's money. They trust you. So they're always asking you for referrals, like, you know, but I'd love to be able to bring in specialists to that podcast or maybe that, that virtual video, you know, like platform to be able to share more information with people. Um, the second thing I'm going to be doing towards the end of this year and I definitely into 2023 is I'm going to be doing more lives where I'm sharing information about just strategy that people should be doing during a year, prepare for bookkeeping and also their tax services so that their tax person loves them. <laughs> <laughs> Your tax person will be so happy to see you and not like, oh, here's that guy, you know, so but yeah, but those are some of the ways that I'm looking to brand more marketing efforts. I think the goal is still providing people valuable information, but still getting my name out there as well, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For your email list, how did you grow your email list? Oh, God, probably most of it is word of mouth. and But then also from my tax business, I had already customers. So definitely the customers during last tax season, when I was actually interacting with them, just asking them on the spot, okay, listen, we're coming to the end of the season, you know, we're okay, your your taxes are done or whatever. Like, let's stay in contact during the year, join my mailing list, and I can keep you up to date on whatever's happening from the tax arena or the bookkeeping arena. And people did that. So but then also, during the off season, I'm doing a lot of speaking like um, engagements um, out in public. So that's another opportunity for me to reach people and grow it at that point too. Other than like the Facebook groups and from website mailings and things like that, you know, or from social media postings. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a combination of more customer engagement, direct customer engagement, but then also people um, being allowed to download like information about that can help them hopefully from a business perspective. And I'm capturing their email then that way on their list, on the list. I mean, so let's say there, well, not let's say there are, there's a tax, someone that's in the tax, you know, preparation or bookkeeping business that is just launching their small business. Do you have any, you know, kind of words of advice for them on how they can try and grow their business to Mm -hmm. six figures sooner rather than later? Yeah. So definitely identify who your client is. Who's going to be your client? That was kind of great for me um, initially. So I had to figure out like, okay, so, you know, I'm an ideas person. So I had to harness my little ideas, you know, and get them compacted. So I put together a business plan and that really helped me really hone down and narrow the scope of what I wanted to do with this business. It probably saved my life in this business, to be honest with you by really helping me to just cone in and magnify in on who, what services I wanted to offer, who the client base was going to be, pricing options, doing my market research to see who else was out there, thinking about my financials, doing your projections for the first year or two, just to kind of understand what type of funds you're going to need to support that vision that you're creating. Those were definitely all important steps. You know, that I would say anybody who is trying to establish a business and grow it successfully over the first couple of years, you need to have that business plan in place just to help you clarify, because things you think you know that you want to do in your business, it's nothing like sitting down, actually writing them down. 
And that's a living document. It doesn't just stop there. So I write the business plan. That's it. So every year, you know, annually, I revisit that document to also put in plans for the next year, for example, just Mm -hmm. to keep me focused as I move forward in time. Nice. Did you have a template that you followed, like a business plan template? I think so. I had a business coach initially who kind of geared me in the right direction, but also there is an organization called SCORE. Mm. I think probably a lot of business owners, entrepreneur business owners are familiar with that. But if you, SCORE has plenty of um, templates that you can download from business plans to actual financial templates, those type of things that you'll be able to take advantage to take advantage of. Um, also, there is a free program called Operation Hope. You can Google that, but they do free eight-week entrepreneur training. Mm-hmm. I would have thought something like that would be um, something that if I would have known about it up front, I did it later on just to kind of, because I like, before I send people the things, I like to kind of experience it for myself. But I went through that program also but that program kind of walks the applicants through or the cohort through actually putting together that business plan. And it was great. You know, you got to be among other people who are business owners and then helping you create that structure for your own business along the way during that eight week session was pretty good program. I love that. I, you know, I was over here writing down operation. <laughs> Look into it. Cause yeah. I, I didn't even know that that existed. Yeah. The name sounded familiar, but I didn't know that that, that is what yeah. they. Yeah. Um, that, that's yeah. the other thing too. So always be expanding, like, you know, like your knowledge base with entrepreneurship, because anytime I can find a program that is entrepreneur based, I try to get involved with that. Because you think you know, and you probably do know a lot, but it's always good to surround yourself by that entrepreneur energy. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who runs a business on their own, will, they will tell you a lot of we're in a world of W-2 people. So a lot of times, I don't think it's that they want to be a dream killer, but you know, you want to be around other entrepreneurs who are focusing on growing their business. And it just helps inspire you too. You guys can inspire each other. So I always try to stay connected with those kind of programs for sure, just to kind of keep in my enlightenment going as a business owner and also to give back because people are giving to me, they're sowing to me, but I want to find opportunities to sow into other people too, as they grow and establish their businesses for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, when I first went full-time as an entrepreneur in 2019, I realized that it was a very lonely journey initially because I didn't know how to get connected to other entrepreneurs that were doing things similar. I had to, I hired a business coach who had a network of, you know, similar Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs um, Mm -hmm. as me. And that was like the first way I got connected to them. But I've, I've heard of that being just an ongoing issue where sometimes it can be challenging to find other entrepreneurs or people that relate to the challenges that you go through. In entrepreneurship. It could be, be a lonely journey. So you have, you know, normally in a traditional W-2 type situation, you're going in, you're connected with people, but a lot of- And everybody people, we know, like, well, not everybody, but the majority of people we know are working for a, a company, you know, yeah. and they understand whatever's going, what that life is like. But me personally, yeah. I didn't know many entrepreneurs. Yeah. But those kind of groups- It even goes back to your first question of like, okay, so how do you find people who work for you? Mm -hmm. But when you're connected in those kind of groups, they're trying to do the same thing that you're doing. 
-hmm. from even hiring contractors to employees or whatever, like everybody's trying to figure it out, but to have combined brain power to figure it out together or to say, Hey, I tried this and this work, or, Hey, I tried this and it didn't work. Like that stuff is gold. You know, you don't even, you can't even learn that stuff in school, the kind of experience you're going to get from those groups. Definitely. Are there any other groups that you recommend that we kind of get connected to if we're looking to, you know, mm-hmm. meet other like-minded entrepreneurs? What I would suggest is it depends on what your actual, I mean, I'm a network, like i probably network with too many <laughs> groups, to be honest with you. But some of the best um, groups that I've been able to become a part of are is just going on Eventbrite. I'm sure everybody's heard of that service. And just putting in the word entrepreneur and you'll see a lot of groups who are having different events, mm-hmm. local or remote or whatever. And I normally will try to attend one or two events, see if I can get a good feel or energy from it. And if it's some group that, okay, I like this, normally if they have some type of membership or networking opportunity, I will make a full, um, like a full-time commitment to it. But that's how I've been able to find some great groups to network with just overall in my journey for sure. Love that. Have yeah. you ever tried meetup.com? Yeah, I have. Have Especially, you done any of their entrepreneur groups? Yeah, I have. I mean, nothing comes to mind. So I've been doing more of the Eventbrite ones just because I, I, I like the format of those. Mm-hmm. But with the, and especially with COVID, a lot of the meetup groups, they want to do stuff in person or whatever. It's Maybe it's changed a little bit since in the last year. So I haven't really been on there. But there were one or two like co-working type situations um, that I was able to take care of, take advantage of and meet up to. I mean, I say just go, like just put yourself out there, whether it's Eventbrite, Meetup or some other source, like Mm -hmm. even ask other entrepreneurs, okay, so what are you doing? Like as professional development, what kind of groups are you connecting yourself with? Mm -hmm. Take that cue from them. Do they like it? One of the things I remember um, discussing with my business coach a couple of months ago is that there are so many groups out here after a certain point. Like, how do you know which ones to choose from after a certain point? And, you know, she was just like, she made a good point. She was she was just saying, which ones are going to be value added to your business, to whatever you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And that helped me kind of narrow down my focus. So that's kind of where I am now. You know, and, awesome. and, as, I, and I hate to say this as women, like as women, we have even a, you know, there are some wonderful women support groups out here. We, I think that we're nurturers and supporters by just nature. So definitely womb comes to mind. That's one of the groups that I've been um, associated with. There's a women's Christian business group that I've been associated with. I've done some, some of their meetups locally here in D.C., some other ones. I've even like networked with a group out in Arizona. Like they do virtual stuff, but it's out there. Like you can connect and you can meet some wonderful people who can definitely help you on your entrepreneur journey for sure. Awesome. That you gave us a lot of gems there. <laughs> and then, you know, it's so funny. I'm on Eventbrite like all the time for just social stuff mm-hmm. um, and events. And I've never thought of going there to find like entrepreneur groups <laughs> and stuff, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. I really you know, like I'm a that. super nerd. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm outing myself. an entrepreneur ever. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But yeah, definitely. I'll have to send you some. I mean, so if I'm seeing groups, I'll send them to you like later on now that we're connected for sure. 
Definitely, definitely. Keep you in the loop. (laughs) And I'll I'll share it with the network, the podcast network as well. Um, We'll get some good ones. So we are just about at time, but I wanted to see if you had any final like words of advice for, you know, entrepreneurs that are trying to get out there um, and really market and brand their business better. Yeah. So I think I've dropped a lot of gems on just how I do my own business. But I think the main thing for me that I've had to deal with, even in all of my successes, I still periodically have to deal with this. Just remember what goes down will come back up. One of my favorite sayings is, uh, quotes is by Nelson Mandela, until it's done, you know, it seems impossible or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just the main point I'm trying to say is, is just don't give up, you know, like don't be discouraged because you are going to have down days. You know, you are going to have challenges. But what I'm finding as an entrepreneur is all of those challenges, cumulative are preparing me for these greater moments that are coming up, mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and that's where the important part is of having your tribe around you, having people who you can pick up that phone or email or I am or whatever your choice of communication is to say, listen, just had one of the worst days in my business life. <laughs> and, you know, just, just remembering what your purpose and what you're trying to do, just staying true to that and not being discouraged by just the, the lower points. Mm-hmm. That's really important because they will happen. But remember, like I said, it's all preparing you for that greater part of the journey. Nothing goes wasted. Love it. Well, Hope, thank you so much for being here today. Please share how people can get connected to you, get in touch with you after this if they're interested in learning more. Yeah, so definitely um, I'm on IG. I am the tax money bookkeeper right there in my little wording. So. <laughs> It's obvious there, but you also can feel free to reach me out. Mom, my website is bbizsolution.com. That's B as in boy, B as in boy, izsolution.com. And those are two ways to reach me. Definitely one or the other. You'll be able to reach me by um, get my information for telephone or either um, email consult. And I do, especially this time of year, everybody's trying to get ready for the tax season. I will say just in general, whether you're a business owner or you know someone in a business, like just start preparing for the tax season, just getting organized, just get that folder ready for all that information that you got to get together. Don't wait till the last minute, you know, just start working on it now. We got to, it might be some things that need to be um, taken care of before December 31st. You still have some time if you know about it, you know, so don't hesitate to reach out to your tax preparer, your bookkeeper to help you get straight or just start digging in yourself just to get organized and everything ready for next year. Thank you. Very helpful information. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to staying connected. I didn't mention this earlier. I forgot to mention this earlier, but Hope and I attend the same church and we actually were in the same woman's discipleship class together. It was like Mm -hmm. an 18 month course. Mm -hmm. Um, We were in at different times, but um, we have that sisterhood. Of being a, you know, Queen Esther sister. So please get connected to Hope if you're interested in learning more about her services. And Hope, I, you know, just thank you for being here today and sharing all of your great information with our audience. (laughs) So, All all right. Have a good one. All righty. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in. You made it to the end. We have more amazing episodes coming up just like this one on the Brand and Convert with Adrienne and White podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at brandwithamw and learn more about working with me at brandwithamw.com. People always ask me how I scaled my business to six figures per year and now work full-time in my purpose. After a decade of being an entrepreneur and launching four successful businesses, I know what it takes to get your service-based business to six figures per year quickly. Start booking higher paying clients, automating your processes, and clarifying your messaging in my free training, Five Strategies My Clients Are Using to Develop Brands, Websites, and Processes that Grow Six-Figure Businesses. Secure your seat today at training.brandwithamw.com. See you there.